Welcome to Take Notes, SMB Global Rating's structured finance podcast and the credit events of your day. Tune in as your hosts, Jim Manzi and Tom Shoplocker, explore hot topics across the structured finance and global markets. Hello and welcome to Take Notes. I'm your host, Tom Shoplocker, and joining us today is SP Global Ratings Analyst Amy Martin, who hasn't been on the podcast since the early days of Take Notes. So welcome back, Amy. Thank you for having me, Tom. We recently released our U.S. Auto Loan and Lease ABS Tracker, covering December and full-year performance for 2021. The U.S. Auto Loan ABS market roared back to life in 2021, with issuance rising to a 16-year high of $98.4 billion. Collateral losses receded to record lows, and recovery rates soared to new heights. During the year, S&P Global Ratings upgraded a record 579 classes and downgraded none. These events occurred despite retail auto sales of only 15.1 million units, below the 2019 figure of 17 million units, but firmly above the 14.5 million units sold in 2021. Last year's robust credit performance was attributable to federal COVID-19-related stimulus payments in December 2020 and March 2021, the continuation of enhanced unemployment benefits through early September 2021, advanced child tax credit payments, and the decline in the unemployment rate from 6.7% at the start of the year to 3.9% by year-end. Importantly, the semiconductor shortage, which has hindered new vehicle supply, has supported record-used vehicle values. This, in turn, has resulted in lower repossession losses. Now that fiscal support programs are ending, are you observing a reversion of performance metrics to pre-pandemic levels, Amy? Tom, in the prime segment, no, not yet. And we're actually surprised by this. Early last year, we thought losses would gradually revert to pre-pandemic levels as we approached year-end due to fiscal support programs ending. But that didn't happen as the economy improved faster than we had expected. Going into 2021, we expected unemployment to decline to approximately 6.4% by year-end, and actually, as you mentioned, it declined to 3.9%. Consumers actually were able to save a lot of money during the pandemic, which served as a cushion to offset the loss of federal support and also provided a buffer against inflationary pressures. Also, we hadn't expected used vehicle values to increase 40% year over year. I don't think many people had forecasted that. Now, we still think that losses are poised to increase this year, and we're starting to see some of that in certain subprime vintages. It seems clear that unemployment levels should be positively correlated with losses. However, the pattern can be complicated, and it varies over time. Tell us more about this relationship, especially as it pertains to subprime auto loan pools. Sure. Well, Tom, as you know, when unemployment rates started to rise in 2008 and 2009, subprime losses shot up immediately. But interestingly, even though average unemployment rate rose in 2010, subprime losses started to decline as lenders had tightened up quickly. As expected, subprime losses continue to improve or at least remain relatively low from 2011 through 2013 as unemployment levels continue to decline. But from 2014 through February 2020, the correlation between the two, it broke down as subprime losses generally rose 
while unemployment rates continued to fall from 6.6% to 3.5%. We would attribute this increase in subprime losses to the normal ebb and flow of consumer lending. And given that we were many years into the recovery, lending standards had weakened and market conditions were quite competitive. Now, you've described the experience from about 2008 right through 2020. But what about the pandemic? What happened then? Sure. So the positive correlation between unemployment and losses fortunately did not hold up during those initial months of the pandemic when unemployment spiked to double digits. I think it went up as high as 14.7%. Losses actually fell to a record low level due to the unprecedented amount of federal aid and the speed at which it was injected into the economy. Additionally, extensions helped to keep losses at bay. From the middle of 2020 through about the middle of last year, the historical relationship between the two was restored, with both unemployment levels falling and subprime losses declining. Toward the back half of 2021, though, we did start to see subprime losses rising a bit. Uh, we think some of that was seasonal, but there may be other reasons as well. Now, for some 15 years, auto loan ABS recovery rates generally track the Mannheim and the J.D. Power used vehicle indices. But since September, recovery rates and the indices desynchronized. What happened and what caused this trend to disappear? Tom, this is a difficult question to answer. And I was scratching my head on this one for a while. I think I have at least a partial answer. Well, first, the metrics are measuring different statistics. The used value indexes are tracking used vehicle values, whereas the recovery rates measure net recovery proceeds for the month over the gross charge-off amount for the particular month. As a result, higher LTVs or longer terms or even a mismatch between when a vehicle is charged off and when the liquidation proceeds are received could impact the recovery ratio. LTVs, measured as a loan amount relative to the dealer's cost of the vehicle, are often higher than 100% because the financed amount usually covers the dealer's cost of the vehicle, plus a portion of the dealership's markup of the vehicle. Uh, in other words, the LTV is covering a portion of the profit. But not only that, but oftentimes the financed amount includes an extended warranty or other soft add-ons that don't increase the value of the vehicle. So to the extent the loans have these add-ons or the loan terms have gotten longer, the recovery rates could fall. So those are some of the technical reasons for the differences. In addition, we may be seeing a phenomenon where the vehicles financed from 2019 to early 2020 and were repoed in 2020 or early 2021, they benefited from a steep run-up in used vehicle values. Whereas the vehicles financed late in 2020 or early 2021 and were subsequently repoed, they didn't get that same run-up in used vehicle values. Or said slightly differently, these vehicles did not appreciate to the same extent. The idea of used vehicles appreciating seems counterintuitive. Don't we usually think of cars as depreciating assets? Well, you're absolutely right, Tom. Vehicles usually depreciate 
as soon as you move them off the lot. Oftentimes, uh, vehicles will depreciate 25 to 33 percent in the first year. But in this unprecedented environment of um, new vehicle shortages and coupled with very strong uh, consumer demand, we're actually seeing where the vehicles are not depreciating and some are actually appreciating. People are able to turn around and sell their vehicle one to three years after ownership at the same price they paid for it. Unprecedented times, surely, Tom. Now, let's talk about auto loan extensions, which blew out in the spring of 2020, but have since receded. What's the recent trend in extensions for both prime and subprime? Extensions on prime auto loan asset-backed securitizations, based on Reg AB2 filings, ended 2021 at rates that were below December 2020 and December 2019, and that bodes well for this year. Most subprime issuers also reported lower extensions at year-end 2021 compared to 2020. However, extensions were generally on par with 2019's levels. For years now, auto loan terms have been extending on average due to vehicle prices outpacing wage gains. Is this trend persisting? Yes, it is. According to Experian, 33% of new vehicles and 27% of used vehicles financed in the fourth quarter of last year consisted of 84-month loans. We discussed the degree to which we're seeing 84-month loans in ABS in our recently published article. What concerns us about this trend is the potential for risk layering. This occurs when the longer-term loans go to borrowers with lower PICOs or these longer terms are being um, offered on loans that have higher LTVs. We assess the degree to which we're seeing this when we rate the deals and we incorporate it into our loss numbers. We are seeing a bit of the layered risk in prime captive pools. And you can see in our pre-sale reports how those collateral characteristics of the issuer's 84-month loans really stack up against the, the shorter-term loans. And again, our loss proxies do take into account um, the higher risk associated with these longer-term loans. Earlier, you mentioned that losses are starting to creep up in some vintages. Let's explore this further. The subprime 2021 second and third quarter vintages are starting to show a bit of weakness. For example, the second quarter 2021 vintage is reporting a 33% increase in losses relative to 2020's record low levels. So far, this vintage is still losing less than the 2019 vintage at the same point. However, the next cohort, third quarter 2021 vintage, is experiencing slightly higher cumulative net losses at month five than the 2019 vintage. In a way, it's not surprising because industry subprime auto loans, loans with a credit score below 620, increased to $123.3 billion last year, according to the New York Federal Reserve Bank. That's the highest level since 2015 which some might recall was a super competitive year in subprime auto finance. And we've seen in the past that an increase in subprime lending is often followed by elevated losses. The increase in subprime cumulative net losses is coming from both higher default frequency and lower recovery rates. What's your outlook for auto loan and lease ABS credit performance in 2022? Well, once again, we expect credit performance to begin to normalize to pre-pandemic loss levels. 
especially in subprime auto, where we're already starting to see losses on some 2021 quarterly vintages exceed 2020's levels and match or slightly exceed 2019's levels. We expect auto lease performance to remain quite healthy due to high used vehicle values resulting from the shortage of new vehicles. And how about your outlook for ratings in the auto loan and lease ABS space? We expect them to remain stable to positive, given the deleveraging that takes place in these transactions. I'd like to thank our guest, Amy Martin. Her new U.S. Auto Loan ABS Tracker Full Year and December 2021 Performance is available on our website, www.spglobal.com forward slash ratings. Also available on the same site is our Structured Finance Outlook for 2022, which offers more information about our views on what's to come for auto loan and lease ABS this year. We'll catch you next time on Take Notes. To subscribe to Take Notes or to view our analyst research, go to spglobal.com forward slash ratings. Thank you for listening to Take Notes with Jim Manzi and Tom Schopflocker.